Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Conversations podcast channel. Joining me for today's conversation, glad to welcome back Justin Waring, investment strategist for the Americas, as well as Ainsley Carbone, total wealth strategist for the Americas, both from the UBS Chief Investment Office. Justin Ainsley, nice to have you back with us here on Top of the Morning. Thank you for spending some time with our listeners and looking forward to our conversation. Thank you, Dan. So Ainsley, Justin, I know you're joining us today to talk about the latest Modern Retirement Monthly publication from the UBS Chief Investment Office. Real quick here at the top, I will point out that the publication can now be located up on UBS.com slash CIO. So for our clients listening in, just reach out to your financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy of the publication directly. But digging into the piece a bit, Ainsley, it does address a very common financial planning question, that being how much do I need to retire? Now, historically, and I think we've spoken about this here on the podcast before, the 4% rule, the 4% rule has been used to help determine just that. So as a starting point, Ainsley, can you begin by refreshing our listeners on what the 4% rule is? Absolutely. Thank you, Dan. So in the report, the, the primary focus is, of course, how much do I need to retire But what the 4% rule is aiming to answer is how much can I spend in retirement? How much can I withdraw from my portfolio in retirement? And so the 4% rule is essentially the idea that you can withdraw 4% of your initial portfolio value during the first year of retirement and then grow that dollar amount by the inflation rate for 30 years. And you can do so with a low probability of running out of money. So you can be fairly confident that you will not have to run out of money. We're not saying that that is the right approach, but just wanted to kind of give you some background on what this 4% rule is and, and what it's trying to address. But the most important thing to keep in mind here is that when someone says the 4% rule, they're not saying you can take 4% of your portfolio out every year. That 4% is really only focused on the initial portfolio value. So if you have a million-dollar portfolio and you're looking to withdraw 4% of that the first year, it would be $40,000, and then you would take that $40,000 and inflate it by inflation each year. So that's the 4% rule. Well, Ainsley, thank you for that background. I get the impression that the roadmap doesn't necessarily end with the 4% rule. It was interesting, Justin, as I was reading through the Modern Retirement Monthly, it does outline why the traditional 4% rule, which Ainsley just explained to us, might not be the best method to guide those heading into retirement. So why exactly is that, Justin? Uh, Yeah, thanks for having us, Dan. The 4% rule was ultimately based on hypothetical retirement periods lasting 30 years using backward-looking return simulations. And so simulating what would have happened if you had withdrawn a certain amount of money based on backward-looking returns. Unfortunately, you know, we think that historical returns are actually much higher than what we should expect from markets going forward because where valuations are, where interest rates are, and as a result, with lower returns going forward, I think that that's one major reason to be skeptical about the 4% rule. Um, you know, historically stocks, you know, deliver double digit returns. Uh, we're expecting returns clo- closer to 6% going forward. So a pretty significant reduction in returns. And then as you know, interest rates used to be a lot higher than they are today. So the bond return outlook is also lower than it used to be. Although it's improved in the last couple of years. 
um, as interest rates have risen. So the other aspect is the, these simulations were using 30-year return periods. Now, if you're uh, if you're retiring in your 50s or, or early 60s, it's likely that you're going to have a retirement period that's longer than 30 years. And so uh, if that's the case, you may want to use a different number. And then last but not least, every family situation is a lot more complex than a simple simulation, right? People are going to have Social Security income later in retirement to help them fund spend expenses. So the withdrawals from the portfolio may not be uh, represent your entire spending amount. There may be only a portion of your spending amount. Uh, you may have a mortgage payment that, that amplifies your spending earlier in retirement, but then but then drops off of your spending needs later in retirement. You may have healthcare costs that come up later in, in retirement. So these types of things, um, these lumpy expenses, these these uh, these expenses that, that rise and fall at different rates than inflation, those are all going to be a complicating factor that makes the four percent rule. Um, sort of a starting point, but certainly not the end of the, of the discussion. So with that all in mind, Ainsley, what might be some key factors one should consider when determining how much wealth is needed to retire? In the report, we highlight four of them, so I'll go through a few of those right now. First one being years and years remaining in retirement, which is what Justin was just kind of touching on at the end there. So that 4% rule focuses on a 30-year retirement horizon. For someone retiring in their 60s, if they're healthy, uh, heterosexual couple, we typically retire, or excuse me, we typically suggest somewhere between a 30 and a 40 year retirement horizon. Um, this is particularly true if you have, if you're married to someone who's much younger than you, you don't want to just focus on your own life expectancy, but you want to focus on both of your life expectancies so that you can understand the, the retirement horizon that captures both of your lifespan. And, of course, with longer lifespans, with a longer retirement horizon, that's going to cost more. It's going to be, you need to fund more years. Therefore, you're going to need to be able to retire with more money in your retirement savings in order to be able to fund that longer time horizon. Another aspect to consider is asset allocation. Uh, also, acceptable rate of failure. So what we mean by that is probability of success, probability that that plan is going to be able to meet all of your needs over the course of your retirement period. So in the report, we focus on an analysis that looks at an 85% probability of success. Another way to look at that is a 15% probability of needing to adjust the plan along the way. So that might be something that's appropriate for you, but if you're someone who's looking to have a little bit more confidence in your plan, looking to uh, feel a little bit more secure in the likelihood of not having to adjust your, your plan over time, someone might want to target a higher probability of success, which you can certainly do, but it's going to come at a cost. In order to get that higher level of confidence, you're going to need to have more assets in your retirement savings in order to fund your retirement year. So you're either going to need to retire with more money or you're going to need to spend a lower amount each year from that portfolio. And then lastly, I just want to touch on the spending pattern. You know, in the in the 4% rule and in our analysis, what we're essentially doing here is is taking a putting a constant inflation rate and applying it to the entire budget. So typically someone assumes that over the course of their lifetime or excuse me, over the course of their retirement, their con their their spending is going to constantly increase in line with inflation. And while that is certainly a good starting point, 
your spending is going to change over time. You're not going to constantly spend the same things. Your composition of your spending is going to change. Not only that, but also not all goods and services are going to change in price at the same rate. So because of these factors, it's really important to keep in mind that your spending isn't always going to increase in line with inflation. You need to think a little bit more deliberately about your spending in order to understand how that's going to change over time. But ultimately, the way that your spending is going to change is going to have an impact on how much you can spend and how much you need to retire. So it's important to keep a few of these factors in mind. Like I said, life expectancy years in retirement, you need to keep in mind what your asset allocation is because that's going to have an impact on how much you need over your lifetime and how much you can withdraw from that portfolio. You want to focus on your probability of success that you're comfortable with, and then lastly, spending patterns. Those are the four most important things to keep in mind. Okay, so a lot of key takeaways there. So as far as putting these considerations to practice, as I was going through the guide, I noticed how you highlight a couple of strategies, methods one can use to calculate how much one should have set aside for retirement or determine the amount of planned portfolio withdrawals. Justin, can you take a few moments here to walk us through those strategies? As Ainsley mentioned, what we're really doing here is, is running thousands of simulations, assuming that your spending increases with inflation every year. Um, and as, as Ainsley mentioned, there's, there's, some, there's, some, there's some risks to this assumption. Um, when we look at the data, the average family increases their spending about 20% less than you might expect based on inflation. Um, as they get deeper into retirement, their spending actually falls in inflation-adjusted terms because, at, you know, if your health declines, you may not be wanting to travel as much, eat out as much, uh, live as much of an active lifestyle. And so, you know, there's two two takeaways from that. The first is that you you know, this type of analysis might be a little bit conservative. You might be able to spend a bit more than this analysis suggests. And the second is that you should, if in your early retirement years, be more confident in spending money while you're still healthy. Because at the end of the day, you want to live the retirement that you planned for and you worked hard for. Um, it's okay to spend money earlier in retirement uh, with this understanding that, that your spending will just kind of naturally um, decline in, in inflation just to turn later into retirement. But uh, with that in mind, you know, there's really two ways that we look at this, this question in our report. The first is we estimate a sustainable withdrawal rate, which is saying, you know, given a certain amount of wealth, how much, how much withdrawals can you afford to make from your portfolio to cover your spending needs for, for a given period of retirement? And the second perspective that we take is if you have a, if you have a, a certain planned portfolio withdrawal amount in mind, um, to fund your spending, we provide a wealth to withdrawal multiple analysis. So you can take the amount that you think your portfolio needs to provide in cash flow for your retirement spending needs and then multiply it by this multiple. So uh, most families are going to spend about 40 years in retirement. And our analysis shows that uh, regardless of their risk level, they'll need to save about 30 years worth of portfolio withdrawals at the beginning of retirement. The other 10 years worth of withdrawals will, will, look, will be paid for by growth of the retirement portfolio during retirement years. And that's the number if we if we were targeting an 85% probability success. And an 85% probability success means that in 85% of situations, you can spend how much you plan, you, you can withdraw how much you plan to withdraw, and maybe a bit more than that. And in 15% of the, of the simulations, you may 
not be able to increase your spending as much as inflation. Um, you may need to cut back in some years. You may need to be a little bit flexible on your portfolio withdrawals um, in, in response to, especially in response to temporarily bad market environments. And if you're able to be flexible, it goes a long way to ensuring retirement success. So, Justin and Ainsley, you've left our listeners, our clients, with a lot to think about here. And perhaps this lends itself to a follow-up conversation with one's financial advisor. So, before we close out, anything in the way of final thoughts, takeaways, or next best actions our listeners, our clients should consider? I think it's important to keep in mind that when we've been talking here about how much you can spend in retirement, how much you can withdraw from your portfolio, spending and withdrawing is is very different in this conversation because when we talk about spending, that includes the amount that you can spend each year and that spending would be funded with guaranteed sources of guaranteed income and also portfolio withdrawals. In this report, we're focusing on how much you need in your investment portfolio. When I say sources of guaranteed income, I mean social security, pension, anything like that that's going to be something that you can rely on to support a portion of your spending. That's you take the spending amount, you subtract the guaranteed sources of income, and then that is the amount that you need to withdraw from your portfolio. So just because you can maybe take, let's say, 3% of your initial portfolio value out that year, that doesn't necessarily mean that's all that you can spend because of the fact that people have other other ways to support their spending throughout retirement. So in order to be able to understand not just how much you need to withdraw from your portfolio, but also how much you can actually spend each year, it's important to make sure that you're looking at the total balance sheet and, and really looking at your entire financial plan. And like you said, Dan, of course, that it's in order to do so, you need to be able to sit down and go through all aspects of your financial situation with your financial advisor. I would also just mention that our analysis does assume that you're paying income taxes out of your portfolio withdrawals, and it doesn't it doesn't take into account the tax drag of, of making retirement distributions. There are a lot of different ways to model that out, um, and it's important that you work with your financial advisor to build out a fully-fledged financial goal analysis in order to make that assessment. Um, if you're funding your, your, your portfolio entirely with uh, you know, Roth, Roth IRA and 401k um, assets, then, our, then your numbers will be close to those in our report. Uh, if you're saving for retirement using pre-tax um, contributions to traditional uh, IRAs and 401ks, then you may need more wealth than what we suggested in the report, all things being equal. Um, and so there are definitely strategies to to make your wealth to withdrawal multiple, uh, your required wealth to withdrawal multiple lower. There are ways to, to fund retirement on a, in a more tax effective way. And that's that's sort of the next phase of the conversation once you get an idea about how much wealth you need to build is how do I actually save most effectively um, to find finance my retirement spending? And that's that's something that really is a deep deep and, uh, and uh, repeating conversation that you need to have with your financial advisor. Well, Justin Ainsley, as always, very insightful, actionable insights. So thank you for dropping by top of the morning to share with our listeners, our clients, an overview of the latest Modern Retirement Monthly publication, as has been said during today's podcast and can be reinforced even more. We do encourage our listeners, our clients. The conversation does not end today. Do have a follow-up conversation with your UBS Financial 
co-advisor about what Ainsley and Justin have covered with us today. Though, thank you both again for your time and insights. Appreciate it as always. Thanks, Dan. Have a good one. Thanks for having us. Today, we have been joined by Justin Waring, investment strategist for the Americas, as well as Ainsley Carbone, total wealth strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. For our listeners, our clients of UBS, you can now locate the latest Modern Retirement Monthly publication, which is titled Beyond the 4% Rule, Are You Ready for Retirement? is available for you now up on UBS.com slash CIO. Again, for clients of UBS, please reach out to your UBS financial advisor to receive a copy directly. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. Timeframes may vary. Strategies are subject to individual client goals, objectives, and suitability. This approach is not a promise or guarantee that wealth or any financial results can or will be achieved. Neither UBS Financial Services, Inc. nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.